Hello world, and thank you for joining me today. This is Shelley Shearer, and you are listening to the podcast Coulda, Woulda, Shoulda, where if I've experienced it, I'm going to share it with you. If I've learned it, I'm going to tell you about it, and always some education along the way. Good morning world, Shelley Shearer here, and I hope you are having a spectacular day. Do you know, a topic just occurred to me, so I'm in my infrared sauna. I get in this a couple times a week for detoxification and to keep myself healthy. I have acute fibromyalgia and to get a lot of inflammation. And it was a long weekend, so I've eaten and drank things that I probably shouldn't have for my diet and for my health. So this is just my way of kind of coping. And it occurred to me, the topic of today's podcast should be, do you do what needs to get done? You can actually, the topic is, you can lead a horse to water, but you cannot make him drink. Now, the first thing I'm going to say, just technically, sorry, a little side note is I am recording this on Boss Jock, which is an app for my iPad inside of a little brown box called my infrared sauna. So this is our first one. I am going to uh, publish this and we'll see what the sound quality is like. Hopefully it'll be great. I can usually tell what things sound like, but if as a listener, when you've pulled it off Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and this was a really crappy recording for you, please drop me a note at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com or you can reach me at Twitter, livingwell8, and and let me know because these are the types of feedback. This is the type of feedback, my apologies, that, uh, that we're looking for as podcasters. No one perfects their craft without feedback and occasional criticism, but also a lot of encouragement. Okay? Very, very important. So, you can lead a horse to water. And that just made me think. I'm going to pick on my hubby a little bit today because he is just one of those people. We had to move for my health due to uh, the house being too big for what I could cope with with my health and also just too expensive for the lack of income that I was I was now creating or not creating as the, as the saying goes. These things are fine. Um, I'm not embarrassed by this. This is life. Things happen. And the only thing people have to be embarrassed about is did you adjust? Did you make it work? And my husband and I have made it work. We asked the universe, we prayed, and said, you know, bring us what we need, and we got exactly what we needed. Where Shelly struggled for a year is it was nothing that I wanted. <laughs> uh, but, you know, you got to get past that. So I am very lucky. A few years back, I was able to pick up, it was brand new, but it was used, infrared sauna, so right within my budget. Because I'd hummed and hawed and wasn't sure, but I bought one at, in our old home, and there was a place we found in the new home for it to set it up, so I'm so grateful because my new place is a lot smaller. Plus, the new place came with a with a hot tub. Now, I had a really lovely soaker tub in my in my custom-built home, and I used it, even if it was just like four inches of water at night, hot water, because my legs are very, very achy and always have been. And unfortunately, fibro, for a lot of patients, it's different for everybody, but for me, my fibromyalgia went and picked on all the areas of my body that were already sort of weak and having issues, because that's sort of how a nerve... A neuro-type uh, disease works. So fibro, they're not really clear exactly what it all is. I'm going to do a podcast on it soon. I'm reading a fabulous book by a doctor called The Real Fibromyalgia. And he talks about a lot of really great stuff in there. But, <clears throat> excuse me, it doesn't matter whatever your dis- issues might be. Maybe you've hurt your back. Maybe you have Lyme disease. Maybe you are just getting a little older. Maybe you have rheumatoid arthritis. There are so many things that we just kind of get stuck with in life, young, old. We hurt ourselves through sports or injuries or car accidents, things completely beyond our control. And basically, we also just do get old and the body parts do wear down. So the trick is keeping them as young and healthy and 
and supplement it as possible for as long as possible. We want to be functioning. We want to be cognitive. We just, we want to be moving. That's kind of life. So it would be silly of me when I know that I won't sleep before dipping my legs into the hot tub, not to go to the hot tub at night. And as much as I have to say, this, this sauna for 30 minutes, some days of the week, it's brutal. I'm not going to lie. It is brutal. There's days that 30 minutes in here is just almost a little more than I can take, especially if I'm feeling a little off. But I do it because I know how amazing I feel. My skin does better. I've detoxed. Any kind of retention that's going on, it just it speeds up your metabolism, which is very important for me. Very important for people that aren't uh, super active any longer. I keep myself as resistantly strong as I can through yoga and gardening and things like that and a few exercises in my home, but I'm not in the gym any longer. I'm not on a squash cart any longer. I'm not on a mountain bike or a set of rollerblades. All the things that I did all my life, those things are just gone for me. And uh, But I do know still how to keep strong and, and using resistance training um, bands and yoga are fabulous alternatives for, for keeping you, your, your muscles lean and, and so very important, supple. You've got to keep that fascia broken down over the muscles. It's like, fascia is like a saran wrap over top of a muscle. And that is actually, with new technology into research, they're discovering that fascia is more important than the actual muscle and tendon surrounding it. Because if the fascia, if it's like saran wrap and it's become like cement, it doesn't really matter how much you work that muscle or you deal with the tendons around it. If you're not keeping that fascia supple, you're just, you're just rowing against cement all the time. That muscle is always going to be achy. Those tendons are always going to hurt because everywhere it attaches is rock hard. So you know when your muscles are locked up? Nine times out of ten, it's the muscles inside the fascia. The fascia is what started the problem. It has gotten stiff or, or uh, aggravated or swollen. It can actually get inflamed as well. Not to the degree that uh, other fluid sacs in the body can, but it does. And then it's it starts seizing you up and then everything, you start getting immobile and everything kind of follows. So anyways, it's a treadmill, stay off it, uh, learn. So for me, for fibro, for instance, I go for a massage once a month and it's not like a regular massage. No one can do deep tissue on me any longer. I rebound and I'm bedridden for days if you do stuff like that to me. I do lymphatic drain and fascia manipulation. It's, it's like, we jokingly just call it fibro massage, but anyone that has my sorts of issues, these are the types of things you kind of need to do. And it, it truly helps. It keeps, you know, the body cleansed. It keeps the uh, fluids from building up in my tissues and it keeps that fascia supple. So the things that I do do to stay strong are not being decreased. They're not being nullified by, by poor body maintenance in an overall sense. So back to, you know, leading a horse to water, my husband suffers with terrible aching feet and legs. He's had plantar fasciitis in his, in his past and he just suffers. Will he get in the hot tub at night? No. So like I say, you can lead a horse to water. There are things in this household, things that I do every day that would help him. And he just simply won't bother. So he sleeps poorly. Sometimes he sleeps alone because he sleeps poorly because he's keeping me awake. So I have to slip into the guest room. Um, and that's just kind of the deal. You carry a lot of extra weight like he does. That is hard on joints. He's got arthritis quite badly. Uh, he used to play baseball. Well, he played baseball like really until last year. He's always played baseball. And so that catching mitt hand, oh, he can't even put his wedding ring on. That hand sometimes swells up and 
I keep, uh, you know, I keep supplements for him and I try and feed what I get into him in the morning as best I can. Like that morning shake goes into him. At least there's protein and vitamins and what, you know, I've, I'm allowed to keep it to two pills. He'll take two pills every morning. So let me tell you, I am highly selective on what supplements I give him because that's all he's going to tolerate. I can't fight it all. Like I take eight things in the morning. I'm allowed to give him one, maybe two, as long as there's no more than two pills. So what are you doing in your life? What opportunities and availabilities are right in front of you for better physical, mental health, spiritual health, your business? Is there things right in front of you with your business and you're just completely ignoring them? If you do not take advantage of the things in front of you, if you do not take advantage of what can make your life more productive, more energized, and of course with all of those things usually comes better earnings because you cannot perform at your peak when you're letting your body just suffer. That is what happened to me. So please listen to me. I know which I speak. You get on that treadmill for too long, your body, if you're unfortunate, it's going to kick back. Now, if you're fortunate, you are like 10, 15% of the population. You know how you watch those people on YouTube or something and some man has smoked till he, and he's 120? You know, that's a freaking nature. That is not the norm. Don't use that as your poster child for bad behavior. He's one man out of billions. The bottom line is the percentages don't run in your favor if you're sitting on your butt, uh, eating poorly, uh, not taking advantages of innovations at work, not doing what you need to be doing and hiring other people to be doing what they need to be doing. And quite simply, just not getting into the hot tub every night. Like there are things that you could be doing. If you, everybody knows, I think everybody knows, and they just don't want to know. Alcohol does not help you sleep. It actually is one of the largest deterrents against sleep on the planet. It is a alcoholic stimulus that constricts blood vessels, blood vessels, sorry. So you are... Sometimes you seem relaxed for a bit, but then what happens is the brain starts constricting. Headaches can happen. I can't drink too close to bed because my legs start aching because my blood vessels constrict. And then my legs start pulling, so it's out to the hot tub to kind of counteract that. At our age, I've heard this by so many people, the dreams start. Now, I take one drug for my fibro, and uh, it is, you know, kind of the least damaging, and it's in a super low dose, and I take it at night. And it helps boost my immune system. I cannot tell you what it's called. I always say it wrong. It's got a three-digit acronym. But it's... It starts with an N. There's an X in there. It is designed, actually, in large doses. Um, sorry, I just throw this stuff in there in case some of this might be relevant to you. In large doses, this drug is actually used to bring people off opiates. They discovered in super, super small doses, like one milligram versus a hundred milligrams type idea, which is kind of my end of the scale, I take 2.5. It can help people like me with chronic pain and uh, autoimmune disorders. So that is excellent, but it does give you really vivid dreams. So I've always been a dreamer anyway, so I've sort of learned to accept it. But alcohol can cause that as well, but in a disruptive manner. I've learned to live with kind of with the drug. I sort of embrace it, actually. It, it just is. I take it the very last thing before going to sleep so that I'm not having dreams like right out of the gate. I'm already asleep with this drug kicks in. Yeah, the dreams happen and then I sort of at 7.30 in the morning, I usually am coming out of a dream and I literally consciously say, let it go. Unless there's something to podcast in it. <laughs> then I might go, I might go uh, scribe for a few minutes. But for the most part, it's just, just let it go. 
and I will spend half an hour waking up in the morning. I will lie in bed. I will maybe quickly just play a game for half an hour, 20 minutes, check Facebook, whatever. But I slowly let myself come out of it and welcome myself into the world. Otherwise, what happens going from that incredibly heightened dream to jumping out of bed, I get anxious. I start getting anxiety. So know this, you know, know what your issues are and, and run with it. So hopefully me shuffling on my seat here isn't coming off on this podcast. Like I say, we're, this is a trial, but yes, you can be given everything, but if you're not taking advantage of it, there's nothing that's going to help you. So these are the things I want you to think about today. I'll probably podcast more in the, in the near future on some specifics that I might be talking about, but right now. My job is always just to get you thinking, is to get you questioning what you're doing in your life. So are there things in your life that are fully available right there, right in front of you that you do not take advantage of? And if you're not taking advantage of, then I want you to sit down for a little five minute meditation and start asking your subconscious, why the freak not? Because it's usually you doing something to sabotage. There's some need that's being met for you psychologically, subconsciously, whatever, Maybe you like being sick. Maybe you like the sympathy. I have a friend like that and, and he just has no conversation beyond his illness and he lives it. He lives it and he owns it. I bring it up in my podcast, which actually kind of bothers me, but I've been kind of coached to do this so that maybe you can relate to something that I'm going through. Maybe I mentioned it too much and if that's the case, I apologize, but I want you to see ways to succeed. I want you to see ways to overcome. That is why I give you so many examples of what goes on with my health. You may not even remotely be having the same experiences as me, but I truly believe that almost everything out there has a certain degree of, of overcomeness. That's not a word, but I'm going to use it. I mean, it, you just have to watch the Paralympics to know that there's a lot that can be done. You just have to watch Stephen Hawking to know there's a lot to be done. There's just so many people out there with so many disadvantages that just are succeeding and, and just being amazing people. You can too. You do not need to have a life-threatening disease or lose a limb or, or something like that to, to be amazing, to put your mind to work, to overcome, okay? So I want you to definitely spend some time meditating and thinking, what stops me? I wish I could psychoanalyze my husband. You know, the problem is, as with any of us that are coaches and mentors, we don't coach in our own backyards. People that know you the closest probably won't listen to you. It's kind of funny, but it just kind of is human nature. I have people all over the world that listen to me, but my own husband doesn't listen to me. Now, I drip on him, and he does change in time. So the protein shake goes down every morning, and now I started sneaking a bit of carrot juice into it for him, and he hasn't really complained. I'll do anything, honestly. I will t- I've got him on a new supplement, which I'm going to podcast in a, in a couple of days because that product is something I will be selling to the general public, and it's an s- exceptional supplementation for mental clarity. Anybody suffering from um, autoimmune, any um, psychological disorders or depression needs to know about this product. It's called EMP, and I'll be talking more about that later. So I've got him on those now. And for a while there, I, was, I had him on blood sugar medication, and it really stopped a lot of the craving and the night, night, like, night, late night eating. He wasn't even aware of it. You know, we got we to do what we have to do. It's just, uh, I talk about alcohol all the time. And I don't preach at him. I bring it up in conversation out in public. And then he ponders it in his cave. And I notice that during the week, he's not drinking at night. So hopefully that's going to help with the sleep. But these are all the little things. You know what? It can be anything for you. It just could be anything. Your eating habits. Oh, people. 
eat food, not products. You know, I, I could just go on that tangent for the next five years. Food is not, does not come out of a package. It comes out of the ground or off an animal or off a tree or out of the ocean. I'm sorry. It's grown. It's uh, consumed. It is properly cooked and it's consumed on a regular basis. That's how life works and everything else is a North American lie. And you need to avoid that stuff. So kind of like my podcast on Friday about venting and supporting businesses that you wouldn't, uh, that you hate, don't do it. I can't even begin to tell you what it was, the freedom that was given me when I got sick and had to learn to eat for my disease. Every dieting issue I had went out the door. I will never diet again. I watch what I eat. I take a great supplement called Fucothin, F-U-C-O-T-H-I-N. It's available all over North America. It is a brown algae, I believe, and it's fabulous for raising the metabolism, metabolism without any um, stimulants for women and men over 40. When our t- metabolism slowed down by nature, and on top of it, I've got a disease and can't exercise like I used to. So I was basically eating 1,200 calories not to gain weight, which I can't gain because that way my knee and my hip are in pain all the time. It's, it's like a cycle. It's a circle, people. So I had to learn to manage that. But let me tell you how that helped my mentality. I never feel deprived any longer. I don't resent the shake in the morning. I don't have it on weekends. I have myself a beautiful eggs benny breakfast on gluten-free toast or something. But the point is, uh, it's just not a stressor. It's barely even a temptation. And when I want something, I have it. But I don't ask myself, oh, I shouldn't have this. You know, my weight, this is food. No food is bad for me. Everything just has to be in moderation. Even alcohol. Alcohol is bad. It's a poison, everybody. Just get it clear. But in moderation, it does a lot of good, especially red wine. And I really enjoy my wine. So I plan for that one or two glasses a week on the weekend and make sure that during the week I, I don't so that I'm, you know, my body is healed and can accept that little bit of treat or I guess that little bit of poison, if you want to call it that. So, you know, same thing for you. I always, when Spud delivers, that's our organic grocer. I eat the dirty dozen because that's about what I can afford. And that's truly all I feel I sort of need. And, um... They have these fabulous uh, uh, gluten-free organic cheesies. <laughs> I just love them. Are they good for me? No, people, don't, don't think that I'm telling you that gluten-free organic cheesies are good for you. It's still a product. But it's a cheat, and let me tell you, it does a heck of a lot less damage to my body than Cheetos does because there's not a lot of other yucky chemicals and byproducts in them. And anything that tends to be organic tends to be less sugar or no sugar, so no uh, liquid corn syrup for the most part. I do see it in some things, and just please read a label. But so my body has that bit of a treat. It really feels like it's had a treat, but it doesn't spend three days craving more of it like it does when you eat McDonald's and Doritos and drink too much. Your body just keeps craving, craving, craving that stuff because there's no nutrients in your system to counteract that craving. And the The junk food itself carries chemicals that your body just wants back again. It's a little bit like crack cocaine. It's like, gimme, 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 gimme. No. You need to learn to say no. In fact, don't keep it in the house. That's my trick. I'm a bit of a binger. You might as well know that. It's just part of my personality. So there's times on the weekends, yeah, I way overdo it. But I have great discipline during the week. And I have that discipline probably partly because I am a binger. Um... And I've discovered that if my binging is not total crap food, in fact, I can't even stomach the crap stuff anymore. It just tastes disgusting in my mouth. Your body becomes accustomed to better eating and the bit of junk doesn't do the same damage and the better junk, you haven't done as much damage. So it's easier to come off of, you know, you haven't gained five pounds. You haven't raised your blood sugar, you know, through the roof. You haven't raised your cholesterol up. 
You haven't put a huge stress on your gallbladder eating crappy, bad palm kernel fats. These are all things that matter, guys. All things that matter. All right. I think I've emptied my brain of all my thoughts on that one. So um, is this you? People keep leading you to water, but you just won't drink. Get over it. Change your mind. Catch you on the flip side, everyone. Take care. Thank you for joining me here today. And if you subscribe to my podcast, you won't miss a thing. Remember to focus on not living in regret. You can reach me on Twitter at livingwell8 or email me at livingwellwithshell at gmail.com. Let me know what you like best about today's podcast, leave a review on iTunes, or leave me a message on something you'd like me to speak on next. Have a great day, everyone.